I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this is PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm host Andrew Schlecht. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, featuring Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. And with me, as always, on Monday, is Michele Vera. Michele, what's up? Well, I don't know, Andrew. Uh, my true shooting today could be <laughs> around 50, so I'm not sure I'm as good as a podcaster as I was uh, a year ago, maybe. Uh, I'd rather pay someone else to go away than for you to be on the show right now, Michele. I'd rather yeah, be talking to nobody. To to like my half of my salary in <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean like I know that um analytics well I know, like I love analytics and I oh, like yeah. to yeah. to have efficient players on the roster. Um and it would be great <laughs> to have uh an MLE guy, like a mini MLE guy, like a five million player that can be as good as a point guard as Danny Schroeder is, as good as a defender, yes, like he's he has been like okay to good on defense, yeah. and to have better shooting percentage. Guess what? That player either is in a rookie contract mm-hmm. somewhere else, like in Dallas, there is a very good point guard slash forward that takes less than five million or probably around five million. It is better than Danny Schroeder, um, but. The like all the other players that are paid around that number are not as good as Dennis. No, and so I get the, the inefficiency, like the the fifty percent through shooting, which is a on a small sample, b a very bad per, very bad stat to analyze a point guard's game because like there are many point guards that are not as efficient as Steph Curry. Yeah, and they are still all okay. Them, right. <laughs> yeah, all of them. Yeah, all of them. Well, Chris Paul is efficient. Uh, like other, there are other efficient players that play the point guard. Yeah. But either they are on a very, very like. Do you prefer Jack Teague or Danny Schroeder? I don't think you can say either of the two without analyzing the context, because yeah. Jeff is efficient. But I, for OKC, I would probably like Schroeder more, which is why I put him in the same range when we rank the point guards. Yeah. So I really think it's short-sighted. And the best thing that an analyst can do is say, well, if Schroeder continue to play like that, I was wrong. Like, mm-hmm. you can say that. Like we said a million times during draft analysis when we overlooked Donovan Mitchell. You can be wrong. Like, it's an, it's a, a part of your job. So Yeah. Well, I've hated on Terrence Ferguson since the day he oh, donned me the Thunder too. jersey, and you know what? I'm I was wrong. Like that dude can play defense. I didn't yeah. think he could play defense. Uh, or or Grant. How much did we hate on Grant for having that that many minutes right. that were detrimental at, at at times? Totally wrong. I've been totally wrong many yeah. many times in my life. Not just about basketball. 
And if you want to know why Dennis Schroeder has been beneficial for OKC, look at the season that Paul George is having. And yes, those two things are correlated mm-hmm. because it's it's a totally different things thing to have a point guard that has the ability to target you with a pass at the exact moment you need it. Yep. Uh, that can pass you the ball when you are curling off screens and you need the ball at the precise time in the precise location. Mm-hmm. And all this little stuff, like Dennis Schroeder is managing the clock particularly well. And this helps. The, the offense has a rhythm. Yeah, and this, oh, no question. Yeah, this is, how can you pass on something like that for a point guard? Like if you have an inefficient shooting guard that cannot defend at a high level, I, I get why you, you, are, you, you have some criticism. But point guard has like tons of other stuff to do. And yeah, I think that the main reason, well, one of the reasons why OKC actually is on a second place in the the West, like second, Mm -hmm. third, whatever, is because they have a real point guard that can run the show when Russ is off or when Russ is like not with the team. Yeah. By the way, congratulations to Russ. I saw the picture. I know. He's got two babies. Yeah, two little tiny babies, Sky and Jordan, which must be a play on air, Jordan. And <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, congratulations! It's great. I don't. I don't know what it's. I mean, I have one baby in my house right now. I'm not sure what it's like to have two at the same time. Uh, but just God bless him. Yeah, I will not try to uh, imitate him. Um, no, no. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if you're wondering where this rant is coming from, there's a uh, basketball podcast called Dunked On. And the only analysis they have of OKC right now is that Dennis Schroeder sucks. And it's just not true. Not the truth. Uh, but the Thunder sit at 10 and 5 right now, along with one, two, th- two other teams, the Grizzlies and the Clippers. Uh, and they're tied for third place basically in the west uh golden state's second right now uh a half game behind the portland trailblazers uh is the weirdest mix of teams right now i mean the west is so already so close and i can imagine that it's going to be a lot like this throughout the season because you have teams like san antonio the rockets and the jazz sitting on the outside and i think the teams that are below them sacramento dallas minnesota phoenix I mean, I would say that those teams are all out. Uh, I would say that those are the teams that are out. Everybody else, I mean, like, who are you taking out of the Western Conference? Utah, Houston, San Antonio, uh, New Orleans, Lakers, Nuggets, Thunder, Clippers, Grizzlies, Warriors, Blazers. Like, three of those teams are going to miss. Three. Three? Three. Oh, that's, that's rough. I mean, I am pretty confident, and this is the dumbest take that I will ever have Ooh, on this podcast that this. the Spurs the Spurs will miss out. Okay. I I'm more convinced every day that either they have a trade or I don't know, they, they pull off a late season run. Um, but as constructed. Even with Derek have, White at the helm? <laughs> it's not enough. I don't think it's enough. Not because they are they are not winning like 38 slash 41, mm-hmm. 42, but because I think that those even 44 might not be enough. Because, yes, uh, there are many analysts that believe that East is better this season. It might be better at the top uh, mm-hmm. with Toronto being a very good team. Um, but 
I think the bottom is pretty much the same last season. Um, oh, yeah. And there was a pretty... Six down it's still, is pretty much the same. Yeah, yeah. And 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 still the middle ground is less uh, strong than the one in the West. And so you can win 44 in the West and be like clear-cut outside of the playoff. And I think that the Spurs will end up having a season like that. Mm-hmm. Um, one dark horse... Of like of these teams is uh, New Orleans because you really don't know what happens with Anthony Davis. Right, and, right. But I, if Anthony Davis plays there for the entire season, I cannot put them out as of today. Yeah. Um, uh, because he's too good, and I think they will, one way or the other, they will end up being uh, the eight seed or close to that, and being a nightmare for the uh, top seed. Uh, the rest, I, I, I'm confident that then that, that the Rockets are um, are going to make it pretty easily. Yeah, same. And I don't know. Um, you have to be alert. You have to play every game, and because I, I don't think 48 guarantees you. Like last season, maybe 48 was the 47 was the cutoff. Yeah, well, um, yeah. I don't think the Thunder win 48 games last season within this Western Conference. I think it's changed enough. Yeah. You know, like the Lakers is not a rollover team anymore. No, no, no. And uh, I don't know about the Lakers. I I already made a bold statement, and I trust LeBron to, to carry them yeah. to the playoffs no matter what. And so, yeah, Memphis may have a decline. Uh, Denver, <laughs> Denver could could miss out for the third year in a row. Even if I, they, they are well positioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, someone needs to stay out. And to be honest, I see um, very few teams with um, uh, with a guarantee playoff spot. And um, if OKC plays like that, I don't think they will miss out. Um, Utah has to pull their exploitive together because um, I don't know what happens. I saw very little of Utah um, to, to understand what, 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 uh, why they are so bad. Um, but offensively, they are not the same team as last season. And like teams are actually scheming for Donovan Mitchell, which can be a reason why. Yeah, they have a negative point differential right now. They're 500. I mean, they could miss. And it's not, it's not going to be, I mean, it's going to be devastating to miss, but it's not going to be like embarrassing because there's just too many good teams uh, in the Western Conference right now. I'd like to thank Andy's Frozen Custard for sponsoring today's show. You have got to go to Andy's because I've unearthed this new concrete, and maybe not everybody likes this. Maybe this is an old man concrete. I don't care because it's so good. It is their butter pecan frozen custard. So I found out they go through several processes to make this. They mix like their original custard mix with butterscotch before they mix in any of these delicious pecans. Uh, and it's like a like three-step process or something. I don't know, but it's so good. It is the best butter pecan ice cream I've ever had in my life. And if you're into that, you've got to go to Andy's today. They have locations in Oklahoma, Missouri, Arkansas, Texas. Uh, I know they have some Florida, Arizona, like they're all over the place. And if you happen to live in a state that has Andy's frozen custard, you have to go right now. You can still do their buy one, get one free pints uh, of ice cream. I think they are not ice cream, frozen custard, excuse me. Uh, But they are 
it's for a limited time and it's only a few different custards that they like pre-mix and they have them already made. So you got to do that. It's an incredible deal. It's an incredible deal. I have pints in my, my refrigerator right now. Uh, support the people that support down to dunk and go get yourself an Andy's frozen custard. Uh, I want to touch on the thunders advanced numbers right now. Their offensive mm-hmm. rating is 108.1, which puts them 13th in the NBA. Their defense is second at 102.9, and they're up to sixth in net rating at a 5.2. The, this run that they've made, I mean, a lot of it does have to do with the opponent, but I, th- I think I said this on Friday, which was Friday night, because our show just completely tanked in the morning, um, that it's good to see them actually beating this quality of opponent because last season they were having to play into the fourth quarter with every single one of these teams with more talent than they have right now on this current team. I mean, they couldn't beat the Suns last year and they were at full strength without, I mean, they could not beat them. Uh, It was, it was astounding. And this season they go in and they miss Russell, Terrence Ferguson. They obviously don't have Robertson, uh, and they don't have a Brinus and man, they somehow pull it together. And a lot of it's because of the new newly acquired wing depth. I mean, TLC, they dusted him off and played him 25 minutes and he played okay. And that was good enough for them to win the game. I mean, cause, because you had a, the, the trio of Schroeder, Paul George and Steven Adams. I mean, first of all, Steven Adams has taken a big step up. Like he's, he's a lot better player than he was last year. I think Paul George shows a, a better comfort level and we've already talked about Schroeder. Uh, and then you get to add an MVP to this team. You get to add Russell Westbrook to this team and you get to add one of the best defenders in the league to this team. I mean, this the Thunder, and I, I don't want to make any crazy statements, but this Thunder team... We we texted about this. Could be Western Conference Finals good. Like they really could be because I don't. I I denied that we texted that. <laughs> I, I strongly denied. Well, I texted <laughs> even. It. I, you, you can deny that you had anything to do with it. Um, but I mean, I look around the West, and like the Blazers have been good, but they played a ton of games at home. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I I this Thunder team has a chance to be special. Uh, they they really do, and I think the way that Billy has them playing, the way that they're enjoying playing together, I mean that's a huge thing. It's a huge thing. I think that it's hard to accomplish something uh, as a group if you're not just really enjoying yourselves. Unless you like, you're, unless you're like the Warriors and you just have more talent than anybody's ever had in NBA history. Um, but if you're a team that's kind of fighting to you know, have cohesion and be the best version of what you can be. I think like step one, like just like enjoy yourselves. And then I think that a lot of that stuff will come together because I think they do have good coaching and I think they have a really nice talent that actually fits together. Yeah, uh, I agree. And um, they, they really have few, very few lapses in defense. This is very, and and, and this connects with what Steven said about TLC um, uh, post game after the Phoenix game, which we didn't discuss, right? So we should probably touch on that um, uh, at least for a few concepts. And this is one of them. 
the defense that OKC wants to do, it's hard. I had a few messages on Twitter of people asking me why they were blitzing, so they were coming up high on pick and roll, and why they didn't drop Steven. Well, they they don't have a one choice on pick and roll coverage. It highly depends on who the ball ender is, who the roller is, and what team you're facing. Uh, the main concept is trying to do their best, depending on the opponent, to... Um, allow very few trees. This is a very simple concept, but very hard to do. And to be able, after played like how many minutes? Like 15, 12, I don't know. Uh, 15 you, minutes that meant nothing. Nothing, nothing. With no starters probably on the court. Yeah. Uh, you are able, after a rough start, because he wasn't very good um, at the beginning, uh, but you are able to step up to be... Uh, actually consistent on defense on uh, every possession to be able to stay on the court uh, when the game was not on the line but still Billy didn't flinch he let him there even when the Suns were uh, down um, just down six mm-hmm. and this is so important it shows that the end of the bench is not some like part of the team that doesn't matter it is part of the team that is actually active because if they are able to compete at that level in a real game, imagine how they are competing in practice. This is so important. And another thing that it was actually uh, the last three games probably, and maybe also Steven noticed after um, not uh, the game of Phoenix, the one before, that even when the the other team makes a run, they are confident that if they stick to the plan, they will beat them no matter what. Mm-hmm. And, and and this to me is what changed from last season drastically. So when the other team goes to a run, uh, either Paul isolates or Melo isolates or Russ, like Russ took like a lot of mid-range contested jumper. This season, when the other team makes a run, they execute on defense. Mm-hmm. They execute on offense. This is so important. This means buying in the system. Because you don't rely on your exceptional talent. You, you, you don't rely just on your exceptional talent, but you rely on schematic things that allows you to be consistent on a nightly basis. And this, I think, is the most important thing that we saw over the last uh, few games, even when Russ was in. And yeah. um, and having Schroeder, again, al- Schroeder allows you to, to be consistent because they have a, style, a very good um uh style of play yeah and that's and that's the thing that you i mean last season it was are the shots falling if they are great the thunder probably win if they're not falling oh darn they're gonna lose the game because (laughs) they're not making shots and we know that their commitment to the defensive end is just not there uh and this is really for just a few weeks that they were committed to the defensive end and they were rolling and then Robertson gets hurt and then that all died. But really at the beginning of the season, that team was healthy, completely healthy. They just didn't know how to play together and they had Robertson and it was a disaster. And, you know, honestly the big difference and you can see, I mean, Carmelo Anthony is not that different of a player than he was last season to this season. And the dude doesn't have a place to play right now. I mean, that's, that tells you, one, I mean, the Thunder had a, a much different commitment to Mello than the Rockets did. I mean, you don't just, you can't just cut Mello. 
like in the middle of the season last year and just cut bait. Uh, and also like trading him mid season would have not been an easy thing to do. Uh, but I mean, I think you have to give credit to Billy Donovan for what he did while Mello was here because, mm-hmm. because the reason that Mello hasn't been cut by the Rockets yet is because nobody wants him. Like nobody wants to sign him and he's waiting to see what his options are. And I'm not sure he's going to have an NBA option. Like the more I think CBA. about it. <coughs> <yeah>. CBA. <coughs> right. I mean, honestly, like the more I think about it, the more I'm like, why would they do that? Like, why would any of these teams do this? Because he's not, I mean, I think that the Thunder got, and and the Rockets really got the last portion of, oh, we have star level Carmelo Anthony. Like now I think that star is officially dead. And like, he's yeah. just like washed up mellow, just like he had the washed up Akeem Olajuwon playing for the Raptors. I mean, like that's, he, he's, I don't think one, I don't think he wants to play for a tanking team. And then two, I don't think any good teams want him. And so that to me, that just tells you what the Thunder were working with last season. Uh, he still does have a pretty big ego and he did even more so with the Thunder and the Thunder still were able to pull it together enough to get home court advantage in the playoffs. Uh, I, I think that's pretty impressive uh, what they did. And now you're seeing with him gone uh, and with some more experience under their belt with a guy like Terrence Ferguson, who's in the starting lineup, you bring in a better point guard and Dennis Schroeder to back up Russell, who's had to start, obviously, a, a quite a bit this season, more than Russell's actually played. Uh, but you can see how there was already some cohesion there, and then you put the right pieces in, and this team actually looks like a good basketball team, and a team that can defend, and a team that can figure out ways to score and that can play together. Uh, and then you have, I mean, the improvement of Steven Adams from last year, to this year, he's not, it's not like he's added like new things to his game, but it just feels like he's better at literally everything that he, that he does. Uh, he looks stronger. Uh, his post moves are so much smoother. He knows exactly what he wants to do. Uh, and I'm sure DeAndre Aiden just has nightmares about having to guard Steven Adams. Cause he just literally embarrasses him embarrasses him over and over and over again and i'm sure deandre is really glad that uh <laughs> they've, they're done playing the thunder for now because it feels like almost every game has been against phoenix but um you know steven adams has just been an absolute monster yeah and uh as i said the cohesion that they have on defense um is also i think part is how playable jeremy grant is right now yeah, with another center mm-hmm. because last season he was so um, good for him because he learned how to play against big men, yeah. and now, like if the team has a small guy on, on him, he is learning how to do that. But when they switch, he he knows what to do. Even against Aiton, even against like um, shot blockers, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. He he really knows how uh, how and how to play um, in both in both like uh, positions. And so I think that the big part uh, of why Billy wants him there is because of his versatility on defense. And now that he's actually hitting um, the last, I think, 10 games, is helping the starting unit so much. And yeah. uh, he's excellent. Since he's he became excellent. the starter, he's shooting 43.8% from three on almost three attempts. Totally sustainable. 
totally sustainable. He's going to be the best three-point shooting forward in the league. No, I mean, it's, it's obviously going to fall, and he's going to have games where he goes 0 for 5. Um, but honestly, like if he's just a competent three-point shooter, I mean, that's a, that's a massive thing for this team because then you have Patterson shooting 42% from the bench, and I don't think that's a, a necessarily sustainable number either, but there's also some unsustainably bad numbers. Like a brain is 34%. That's going to be better. Uh, Paul George, 38% the last 11 games. I think that that could stay the same or even be a little bit better. T Ferg, 31%. We don't really know what kind of shooter he is yet, to be honest. Uh, mm-hmm. But I expect it to be a little bit better than that. Uh, and then Russell, in the minutes, the games that he's played, he's only played five games. Um, shooting 11%. He's a better, he's better than that. Um, well, yes. Uh, so, I mean, there's, there's some things that are unsustainably good and unsustainably bad on this team. And I think it, it's all going to level out. And, you know, the Thunder almost have a, a top, uh, a top 10 offense and defense. And mm-hmm. like, I mean, you have to be a good team to make that happen. And I don't, I mean, the defense is obviously going to stay there, but I think once you bring Russell back, the offense is going to get better because a lot of, and there's a lot of, you know, sports talk radio stuff happening where it's like, well, is Russell going to come back and screw this up? You know, they're really playing like a team moving the ball and Russell Westbrook just come back and he's going to be a ball hog again. Uh, man, I go watch those five games that Russell played and, yeah. and then tell me that that's not a different Russell Westbrook. Because it is. He's play, he's played different. And I know it's it's insane, one, that the Thunder have a winning record when Russell only plays five games this season. Yeah. Um, but they played 10 games without him, and they're five games over 500, and they started the season 0-4. I mean, yeah. this it's been an impressive run. You know, they play Sacramento tonight. Uh, they play a sputtering Warriors team Wednesday. And then they have this weird home back-to-back where they play Charlotte Friday, Denver Saturday. Uh, this is obviously a tougher stretch. And I'm kind of excited to see, you know, how they're put to the test. And I don't know when Russell's going to play. I have no clue if he's traveled back to Sacramento or if he's going to wait to join the team in, in Oakland. Um, I have no clue. Uh, but honestly, this I would like to see this even this version of this team play Sacramento and see if they can beat him. Because uh, they, they beat the Suns, uh, you know, pretty good with with what they had. And I think, you know, Sacramento is better than Phoenix, certainly, uh, because Sacramento actually has a point guard that can uh, shoot, pass, and dribble. Um, but I, I don't know. I think this this team, the way that they play together, uh, it's it's enough to beat the bad teams. And that's what, we've, what we harped on this team last year is that, man, they just cannot beat these teams – they can't really beat anybody. There's no guaranteed win. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm starting to think that you you may be able to look ahead at the schedule and say, oh, they play Atlanta, that's a win. You know, they play you know, Cleveland, that's a win. Uh, and last season, you couldn't do that. You couldn't look ahead at all. You're just like yeah. f- afraid of every game that they played because if, you know, someone's not going to shoot well, then then maybe they don't win. And it doesn't matter who it was. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And um, it's also, I mean, the way you look at these games, uh, the way you watch this game as a fan is is different. You you actually watch them without 
uh, having to, to to think too much about what happens if they lose. Well, if they lose against Sacramento with no Russ, no Abrinas, probably not Terrence Ferguson, we don't know yet. Well, it can happen, but you, you have faith that this team has something uh, solid, something um, consistent that allows them to uh, to go back to where they were. So um, I think I think it's a different watching experience. Um, do we have time for a game? Oh, I have okay. a few few random questions that I want to totally to got time for a game. Uh, okay. I was gonna I was gonna shout out the stats of the last eleven games for the Thunder. Basically, yeah, you take out the zero and four start, which Brett Dawson joked like, "Man, I'd like to just be able to take out things that I don't like in my life." Like, well, like, do it. Just forget about them. It's, it's done. <laughs> um, six in offensive rating at a one twelve point one. Defensive rating number one in the league, one hundred one point two. Net rating number two in the league at eleven. Do you have to pace? Yes, they are. 12th and pace 101.95 okay okay atlanta is number one in pace yeah yeah well trey young Um, (laughs) that's partially why they're probably getting stomped is because they're giving opponents so many possessions yeah yeah we run we shoot a lot but we are not good at um at shooting so nor defending um no i think that the, the if you are a very very good defense uh is it's hard to be high in pace, but mm-hmm. they, they are still higher uh, than last season. Um, game. So tell me the top two in terms of volume spot up shooter for the Thunder and the top two in efficiency. Oh boy. That's a tough one, actually. Yeah. Um, I know. <laughs> Paul George. Uh, which category? Some of the two categories again. <laughs> volume. So who takes the most, the most. spot-up opportunity okay. and, and efficiency. efficiency. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Paul George, volume. Second. Okay. No, no, no. It's not right. I'm just uh, asking you the second guess. Oh. You have two guesses, period. Then I'll tell you if you're <laughs> oh, no. right. Yeah, no, you cannot. No, no. And it's, <laughs> it, we are in mid-season, so we have to, we have to do tougher stuff. Uh, sheesh. Um spot up this is okay <laughs> okay spot up volume um abrinas so george and abrinas is your answer yeah that's my answer no uh it's jeremy grant and terence ferguson ferguson's on volume on volume they took um according to to synergy sports so mm-hmm. uh, there is there's also the yeah it's synergy um 50 uh, possession in spot up for Jeremy Grant and 39 for Terrence Ferguson 36 for Abrinas so pretty close okay. and 36 also for Paul George then then he shoot at 33 and then two pat at 30 I should I Jeremy Grant that's I should have guessed that one no one was a little too easy. I wouldn't have not have guessed Ferguson. I thought about that, but I was like, he's only taken sixty-six he's shots only taking on, like, on the season. Yeah, like almost the, every shot. And they're is, all is spot up, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally efficiency. Efficiency on spot up shooting. Uh, Jeremy Grant. No. Um, <laughs> Dennis Schroeder. No, Dennis Schroeder is third, uh, okay. which is great, yeah, at one, really great. 1.12. Uh-huh. 
the top are Tupat 1.3 and mm. Paul George 1.33 and spot up. It, wow. it means that he's eating every spot up opportunity from three. Uh, the place where he's not as good as last season is um, yet is off screen, um, where he's um, less than last season, at least according to Synergy. Um, a few questions on PG. Okay. Uh, tell me his most frequent play type. I give you three possibilities. Okay. Um, peak and roll ball handler, off screens, or isolation? Ooh. Off screens? No, that's second, 13.3 among the list that I gave you. The first uh-huh. one is actually pick and roll ball handler. 25% okay. of the time he has the ball in his hand. He's actually pretty good at it. Um, 0.92.5. Yeah, uh, 92.5. Point per, yeah. Uh, but the point is, one thing that I want to mention about Paul George, uh, which changed a lot um, from, from last season, is the, the number of end-offs. Because last season... He had just four percent of his of his play were handoff, mm-hmm. and and then he had like um, off screens. But now it's always it's almost double the amount of uh, possession that he's using in end off situation, mostly with Stephen Adams. Mm-hmm. And this is a very very good um, uh, thing for OKC because they actually like running Paul George off of screening action or end of action is very efficient. And right now he's generating one point. Uh, 18 point per possession uh, in end of situation, which is extremely wow. good. Paul has been so good these past few games. I mean, he's been unbelievable. Uh, yeah. And one thing that he started to do is make his free throws, which has been so helpful to this team. He went 11 for 11 from the line against Phoenix. Uh, if, if he misses, you know, five of those, like he has on many occasions, like it's a close game. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the stuff and I don't, I hate bringing up his name, but that's the stuff Kevin Durant does to help teams win. And we saw him do that time and time again in OKC or maybe yeah, he's just not, eating your free throws. All right. Maybe he's not having the best shooting night, but he's getting to the line and he's generating points that way. That's what like, that's what makes to me, like it's the difference between like a, a really, really nice player and like an all-star superstar is that even if my shot's not falling tonight, I'm going to barrel to the line and I'm going to make my free throws and I'm going to, you know, get, have an efficient night because I'm going to make my free throws. That's why, you know, James Harden is the way he is, you know, Russell Westbrook, when he, if he can make his free throws is a lot like that too. And if this team can have two guys, Paul George and Russell Westbrook that are going to get to the free throw line frequently and make their shots. And that's yet to be seen with Russell this season. Um, like man, that's that's how you can, and if you can play defense, like those are ways that you can win games and not have, you know, a just a crazy shooting lineup. And the Thunder just don't have that, and they won't. Uh, but if they can continue to get to the free throw line, which they have a lot this season, and make them, uh, and you're talking about a team, I think that can win, you know, fifty plus games. Uh, yeah. It makes a huge difference. A huge difference. The Thunder would have won fifty plus games last season if they would have just made their free throws last year. You know, just an if they were just an average free throw shooting team last season, they probably win fifty one, fifty two games. Yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, even with the, I think they, if Dre 
doesn't go down, mm-hmm. they win. They win fifty plus, even oh, with, yeah. uh, with yeah. uh, the poor free the poor free throw shooting. Right. And this leads me to the to, to uh, following thing about Paul George, uh, which is his defense that you mentioned. But I think we need to appreciate how unbelievable he was the first 15 game of the season 15 games of the season because last season he was great off ball when uh, Robertson was here mm-hmm. this year it doesn't really matter he had like Diallo or TLC and it was unbelievable yeah. he shut down Devin Booker like completely that oh. guy didn't know how to play against him he blocked him he like take? stand still yeah 16 yeah. I remember it was like either 16 or 17. Yes, he had 12 assists. Great. That's great. If you can hold um, the main uh, scorer of the other team at 16 shots, he can dish assists. You can allow that. You cannot allow him to to, to, to go on a streak where he shoots like um, five three-pointers and the game is done. Yeah. Uh, or the game is open if you're, if you're up. So yeah. he's playing totally at a different level. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he deserves recognition for that. And um, no if he continues like that, and he's if he's if he plays like two ways, like he's doing, like he can be. I, I'm I'm going for it. He can be in, in the discussion because if you have like a top two, top three, uh, he has to he has to like go up in terms of scoring. But say he ends up scoring twenty six. Uh, per game mm-hmm. playing this kind of defense and OKC wins 50 plus that's the same case as Kawhi against Russ and, and, and Harden two seasons ago yeah the, the exact same case because he's playing that kind of defense he's not there on offense because he doesn't have as many possessions I think he could have the last few games he had um, it's hard to do it with uh, with Russ on the court That that is actually hard because he will take 20 shots no matter what. Uh, but if he somehow can sustain this offensive level while being the best defender uh, on the court, I think it says a lot of his season. And he and he will be more efficient shooting the basketball oh, yeah. than he has been. I mean, he's at... So right now, Paul George, career-high points per game at 24.1, career-high steals per game at 2.5, uh, career-high assists... 4.4 career high rebounds 7.8 uh this is prime paul george like this is him in his prime and he's not shooting the ball well as well as he's going to he would be almost a career low 35 percent from three right now he shot 29 percent his rookie season um yeah but i mean he's going to get better from three he's only 41 percent from the field uh he hadn't done that since 2015-16 like he's gonna be better and i think russell will make him better too i think Schroeder's done a, a great job but i think russell will just make him even even better i think your shots are even more wide open when you're playing with russell um but we're getting i mean this is paul george in his prime and the defense is i mean that's you're right it's he's completely under control at all times which is just really fun to see. He's so smooth. He knows exactly what he wants to do on both ends every single night. And he knows how to make it happen. And if his shot's not falling, he's going to figure out ways to score or to get his teammates involved. And that's, and that's one thing that was super impressive. Um, 
when he was complaining about his foot, his dead foot, he still was facilitating and yeah. didn't seem like he could get to the rim. Well, you know what? I'm going to find out. I'm going to find other guys. And I mean, that's just, it was, he's been completely impressive in so many ways. And I don't think it's crazy to put him in the MVP conversation. I don't think, I don't know that he'll get there because I just, there, there is a, a media bias against the thunder period. Um, and so he's going to have to have some real standout games because uh, I don't, it's, it's just strange because like the thunder just get no love whatsoever from national media. Uh, and they've been on this crazy streak where they've won all these games in a row. Uh, but nobody wants to talk about them. Nobody wants to talk. And everybody wanted to talk about them when they're on four. I mean, it's, it's just, it's an interesting dynamic. And what, what's funny is that like media bias does play into whether or not somebody gets in the discussion for the MVP. I mean, like it, it does. And if you have love for somebody, then they're going to get it. And if you don't, then they don't. Um, unless you're just like so forceful, like Russell was, you know, that, that season, I mean, you just, you could not ignore him. Um, but for some reason, the Thunder have been very ignorable so far this season. Ignorable is definitely not a word, but you know what I mean. Yeah, and um, and I I dream of a Thunder team where, like this season, where they show that they have fun on the court. Yeah, and where where Russ takes not a step back uh, offensively, um, but he looks for for Paul first. Yeah. Because I think that the way to have an efficient offense is Russ driving like crazy at the rim, like trying to get there, his point, trying to, uh, and then from there, when they establish deep paint, I know that, that this is a term that you heard, you heard like a lot over the past three seasons, mm-hmm. uh, because Billy Donovan put uh, a huge um, uh, focus point on that. Once they establish deep paint with Russ with the ball in his hand, everything can happen. Yeah. And um, in that scenario where Russ is assisting Paul uh, while being the leader on the court, because I think that when Russ has effort and when he's consistent on defense and when he, he sets the pace and the tone of the of the game, he's at his best. But if he looks for him more so than his shot or at least as as much as um, as uh, his own, then this team is up for for a big season. Yeah, and in Russell's five games, according to Cleaning the Glass, he's taking fifty four percent of his shots at the rim. Yeah, yeah. Th- those if he plays like those five games, mm-hmm. even like count the losses, I don't care. I mean, he was the, like, like like the first two games of the season of his season, so um, I don't want to put too much emphasis on those, but. If he sustained the way he played on defense and he wasn't perfect, and he sustained the way he played on offense, again, he wasn't perfect, but he was leaning towards the good habits, then this team is going to be great. Yeah, without a doubt. They can be, yeah, they can be, and I think they will be great. And tonight they will lose terribly against the and they're going to get Sacramento Kings, the Kings like 125 to 98 <laughs> no one will show up and we will uh, be um, probably uh, laughed about by everyone but still this is what this is our mood today we want to be happy on Monday for real I mean this team uh, 
We deserve to be happy, don't we? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we do. We do. And we are. And I don't care. Uh, You want to play a quick game of sustainable on sustainable for three point shooting for the thunder real quick? And then we can have five minutes and I will gladly play that. Okay. Okay. Uh, Patrick Patterson, 38.6% from three on three attempts per game. Sustainable. Okay. Yeah. I, I believe in that number. I don't believe in a higher, but 38, between 38.5 and, and 40, I believe. Uh, Paul George at 36% on 8.9 attempts per game. I think he will be slightly better, non, not like last season better, because he was like 40 plus. I think he will, he will land at 38 plus. Okay. Uh, Jeremy Grant, 34.9% on three attempts per game. Well, I think that is sustainable. Um, I don't think it will end up being much better than that, uh, if at all. I, I, I think you set up a very good number there. That's And if that's his number, yeah. you, you have to guard him. Oh, yeah. 34, 34 is overall. So probably I would expect 36 from the corners and 32 on um, and um, above the break. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, I think um, you can. If if he shoots like thirty six from the corners, it's PJ Tucker good. So you're going to not guard him with a man there, but you will close out, which is exactly what you need. He's actually shooting like way better above the break than he is in the corners really? right now. Grant, really? I don't trust that. But uh, to he's, continue, he's twenty five percent from the corners right now. This is a then it's a great news <laughs> because like he will. Like the last, I think, five games, he's, I, I remember him going like all for gazillions the first five, mm-hmm. six games from the corners. But now he's shooting much better there. The numbers from the corners are wonky. So Schroeder on not many attempts from the corners. I don't know what the number is. Uh, 50% from the corners. Abrinas is 60% from the corners. Ferguson, 36%. Paul George, 33 Patterson, 33 Grant, 25. Diallo, 25. Raymond Felton, zero. <laughs> Ray's having such a bad season. He's been so bad, man. It was not awful last night, though. No, he's just regular bad. Yeah. yeah it was, <laughs> like, not not terrible. Not yeah. hurt. It was not hurting the team act- actively, at least. Right. Uh, okay. We'll fire through these last few sustainable and sustainable. Uh, 34% for Dennis Schroeder on 3.6 attempts per game. Oh, I don't know. I really don't know. I would, I think that 34 might be his upper bound. Mm-hmm. So I would say unsustainable. I think he will end up between 32 and 34. Uh, Alex Sabrina's 33.3% no, on 4.7 attempts. <laughs> he will end up, as Brad says, uh, 38, like he always does. Yeah. Which is a good sign for the Thunder. Uh, Terrence Ferguson, 25.6% on 3.1 attempts. Um, no, I don't think it's sustainable. He it will, uh, will raise. Not sure how much, uh, but uh, not 25. Yeah, I'm interested to find out. Uh, and then Hamadou Diallo is 18%. On totally sustainable. Completely sustainable. Uh, Ray Felton, 2.9 attempts per game. Do you know what he's shooting from three? Uh Eight? 13%. Okay, that's better than what I thought. Three so, of, three of 23. 
Um, I don't think he will sustain the volume, but um, the percentage, I don't think he will raise. It will, it will raise up to 30, so I don't know. Yeah. It will uh, be bad. It will be bad. I just don't think he plays when Russell comes yeah. back, which is yeah. going to be a godsend. Uh, Michele, we'll let you go. Thank you so much for coming on the pod today. Uh, we'll follow you on Twitter at Mikey Barra. Follow your project at chart underscore side. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Uh, you guys have been just so great at leaving five star reviews for us. We're up to like seven twenty one, I think. Uh, I will do some kind of special podcast when we get to a thousand. Okay, I'll say that when we can hit that magical round number of one thousand five star iTunes reviews, I will give us some kind of special podcast, some kind of special shout out podcast to all of the people that leave reviews. So sooner we get there, the sooner you'll get that special podcast. Uh, and I would just really appreciate that. You guys have a great Monday and we'll talk to you guys Wednesday with Alex Spears. <laughs>